This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Uh, we're super excited to have one of our all-time favorites back on the show today. We've got author Julia London. I should say New York Times bestselling author, Julia London. And Julie's going to chat with us a little bit about her latest book. It started with a dog. So we'll, uh, we'll find out what the dogs are up to, what the romance is up to, what the chance encounters are, and how everybody lives happily ever after, or maybe not. Who knows? And when it's all said and done. So everybody hang tight. We'll come back right after this commercial break. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with your help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select pet co-locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Joining me now is New York Times bestselling author. You know her from uh, The Lucky Dog. And now she has her latest novel. It started with a dog. It's author Julia London. Julia, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me back, Tim. Yeah, it's always great to have you back. We appreciate it. And we're super excited about the uh, the latest. It started with a dog, which uh, <laughs> it always starts with a dog and ends with a dog, in my opinion. But yes. <laughs> uh, So tell us a little bit about the novel, without giving away all the secrets, and how this twists and turns and romances and all this good stuff happens, and, and of course, how the dogs come into play. Yeah, it's a romantic comedy, a rom-com. And, uh, you know, you lucky dog started when a dog walker switched up to basset hounds that looked identical. And that's how the people met. And in this book, on Christmas Eve, some people are in a ride share, a joint ride share, horrible weather, the driver slams on the brakes and phones go flying, and they end up with the wrong phone. And one of the, the women, when she picks up the phone, there's a the wallpaper is of this giant white dog with a pink tongue hanging all the way out. And, and the man starts texting her immediately. Neither one of them has security on their phones, but that's how they meet. And she's attracted to him because he's got this dog. And so when they meet up later, like a week later, back in Austin, both books are set in Austin, to exchange phones, they kind of like really hit it off. But we come to find out that they are about to go head to head in a coffee shop war. It's sort of like a a spin on You've Got Mail, where at first they don't know that they both have coffee shops and then they find out they do. And one's like the old standard diner and the other one's like the brand new Starbucks on steroids is how I described it. And then they go to the mat when the King Mutt competition comes into play, which is a rescue dog, a rescue organization has a 
fundraiser where businesses sponsor dogs and people vote for their with their dollars for their favorite rescue dog and you know and it's a big deal so they each take a rescue dog each coffee shop and so now they're competing with their three-legged dachshund and their mean old bulldog against each other so that's pretty much it that's that's what goes on in the book I love that. She became attracted to him because of his dog. That's another good reason to keep a dog handy, just in case. (laughs) It kind of reminds me of the the old, uh, I guess it's actually true. Some of the, uh, there are places around the U.S. where you can rent a dog for the day for either fun (laughs) times or for rescue, but, or to, yeah, it's great for the dating scene. Yeah. So with this particular romance, when we talk about it, how do they handle it? How do you go from having a a chance encounter to being instantly moonstruck, we'll say, or starstruck, and then all of a sudden you find you're in intense competition in in more ways than one? Well, um, you know, they did a lot of texting at first over that week of the holidays. and You know, that's why it's so intense. But you know, so they're really into each other. And then they find out that, I mean, he ha- actually has taken a leave of absence to help with the family coffee shop because his parents are running it and they're not up on the new lingo or anything that's going on. You know, they think frappuccinos are ridiculous, that kind of thing. And they're just all about the coffee and the pie. And the new coffee shop has all the bells and whistles, all the seating or suspended baskets from the ceiling. So, you know, it just looks really cool. And so they decide they're, they're going to, at first they say, okay, well, this isn't going to do anything to us. But then as time goes on, it becomes a pretty stiff competition. And then when you bring the rescue dogs in, well, then they really get into it. I mean, the, they get the weenie dog a billboard to wear, like a wearable billboard, but for <laughs> right. me. And so she's really upset about that because she didn't think of it. <laughs> but then I guess, you know, like it is in all romance novels, they there's this uh, push and pull, but the leads finally come to the realization that there are more important things in life. And, you know, true love is one of them. That's right. That's right. And true love. Uh, and you've already got the dogs there. So you're, you're set there. Yeah. And it is interesting how uh, it, it almost, and when I read it, read through, you know, it was like um, the almost an earmark for society today, you know, how you can instantly become uh, like someone or become attracted to them. And then perhaps you find out more information, maybe you dig through the infamous social media and you right. find out, oh my gosh, we're, we're, we're competitors or we're, you know, we have these totally opposite viewpoints on these subjects or on life. And uh, how do you overcome that? And I love how you said that, you know, love conquers all, love overrides everything. Yeah. And of course, they're going to have to make some tough decisions in order to be together, but they finally decide that being together is worth, you know, maybe not winning King Mutt. (laughs) (laughs) There's more important things to have the uh, the ribbon and the trophy on on the shelf, I think so. (laughs) Now, I I love how you you put together the coffee shop themes, and I I want to talk to you about that here in a moment, but it does interest me. This is a total side note, but we are addicted to, uh, my wife and I are addicted to Starbucks. She, in particular, since she's not in the room, I can say this, she has a Java chip frappuccino fixation, and I know it by heart. I know how to say it exactly how the Starbucks folks like to to hear it, but the interesting thing about that is... uh, We have uh, four Starbucks within about two miles of our house in any direction. 
And the challenge is they've had a problem keeping up with staffing. So we never know which one's open or uh, they could shut down at any moment. They say they're open till 530 and they close at 230, which is very frustrating. And meanwhile, there's this new hipster, uh, new uh, novelty little coffee shop that's opened up right around the corner. And uh, they are hip to all the lingo, and uh, they're not allowed, of course, use the word frappuccino. That's that's trademarked. But, right. you know, they have their own version and all that. So when I read through this, I'm like, I, I sort of get where they're coming from on, right. <laughs> on all this. Because the hipster place, I you know, being uh, old and stubborn, I don't like to know the new hipster terminologies. I want just to go in and order what I want to order that I'm familiar with. Right. They even have um, one of the, the Lucky Star Coffee Shop is the old star old style diner and then deja brew is the new one and the lucky star puts in <laughs> an express lane and you know their advertisement is are you tired of waiting in line behind the frappuccinos well you know come over here and get your coffee very quickly you know you don't have to like stand there but i i should say that in this book there is a starbucks close by too that's starbucks is hard to be in any city yes Yes. And it is a, uh, and I'm going off on a Starbucks theme here, but it just, when I read this, all this struck true to heart with me. I have uh, friends and colleagues. I used to work for a company out of Cambridge, England. And of course, my uh, British friends would always harass us by how many Starbucks we had in the neighborhood. And uh, during my last visit, they not only opened up a Starbucks in the town square, um, but two <laughs> doors down, their local bookstore also opened up a Starbucks. Yeah. So they had two Starbucks within less than 10 steps from each other, basically, is what it was. That's right. And in this book, Starbucks also gets a rescue dog. So there's, there's a lot of rescue dog competition <laughs> on the street. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. So um, let us pause there because I want get, to get into more of the writing styles. But before we leave for the commercial break, when you're putting together this book, it started with a dog and you're putting together the themes of the book. What makes this one unique compared to say, your lucky dog? Or is it a parallel? Does it sort of feed off of each other? What can fans expect from this one to, that's perhaps a little different or, or perhaps very familiar to them? Well, you know, they're both set in Austin is really the only link between the two books other than they have, you know, they're dog centric. The thing about, it started with the dog is that the, the competition is based on a real competition that happens in San Antonio every year. And San Antonio is very unique in Texas that they have what they call Fiesta, which is it's a week-long celebration of the Battle of the Alamo. And in the San Antonio Humane Society has the King Fido or King Ray Fido, they call it. Now they do it differently. You're just you're just voting for dogs online. They don't actually appear at businesses, but it's a huge fundraiser for them. And I took that idea and set it in Austin, you know, 90 miles north, and actually put it in businesses. But I just thought it was such a great example of some of the creativity that rescue organizations have. And it's, you know, it's quite famous in in South Central Texas. And so that's, you know, I borrowed it, but it's basically that from San Antonio. There you go. Well, I like that too. And you do, uh, you know, uh, being a former president of a humane society, each rescue organization is all about trying to get as many uh, uh, dogs and cats and various animals to their right and perfect forever homes. But there is that competition. It is an underlying competition of trying to come up with something that's unique to get people to, to pick yours perhaps first. And I'm very familiar when you mentioned Austin, very familiar with the uh, some of the Austin rescue organizations, Austin Pets Alive, in the various 
various folks there I've worked with over the years. But uh, it is a unique, unique way. And I love how you pulled from that and blended into into the novel and also uh, maybe give some people some food for thought as they're yeah. working with rescues or volunteering or thinking about uh, adopting a rescue animal. So yeah, and all the rescues in this book are adopted. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Got to like endings it. for everyone. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Sounds great. All right. We're going to go to a, a quick commercial break. We'll come back and uh, continue our conversation with uh, Julia London. Talk to her a little bit more about her novel. Uh, it started with a dog and then talk to uh, Julia a little bit more about her, her writing and writing styles and all the things that go into making a fantastic romance novel, we'll say. So everybody hang tight. We'll come back right after this commercial break. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet, Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy, and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Uh, continue our chat with uh, New York Times bestselling author Julia London. Now, Julia, when people pick up a copy of, of this book or, or your other wonderful novels that you have, is there a takeaway you want either from this book or each book? Or is there an overall theme that you're hoping by the time they're all sudden done reading it, they're thinking, ah, here's what I got from that? I don't know that there's a theme necessarily, but what I do hope is that people are entertained and they're able to escape the realities of life. You know, we're all under a lot of pressure these days. And um, that's what I hope is that it's a true escape and they don't have to think about anything or just enjoying the ride. There you go. Yeah. Got to like that. Cause yeah, we tend to overthink. There's so much stuff coming at us from every direction. And uh, this book in particular, it started with a dog gives you a chance to Forget about life for a while, other than coffee and rescue dogs and competitions yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> finding true romance. Other than that, it allows you to escape from things for quite a while. Yeah. Now, when you're putting together your novels, walk us through that process as far as how far in advance do you think of a theme or, or your editors are saying, okay, what's the next one you got? And how does that whole flow work for you as far as finding uh, the topic and blending in things? And like you said, pulling from uh, real life events or, or real life stories to blend it into your, uh, your rom-coms. Yeah, that's, um, boy, that is not, um, I don't have a quick answer for that, <laughs> but um, you know, all of my books are love stories. So as 
always start with the idea of two people coming together against all odds. And the odds might be just internal. The odds might be completely external, but usually it's a mixture of both. So I try to think of things that could get in the way that are both entertaining and maybe a little different and go from there. But it takes me, oh, just to have an idea like this one, you know, the idea came from King Ray Fido in San Antonio. And I thought, now, how can I take that and do something with it? You know, people with, who are trying to get their dogs to win. And it took, you know, a month or two for me to sort of think through who these people are, what they brought to the table, you know, what their backgrounds were, what their challenges were, what kind of people they'd be looking for. And then after I think through that, I've got to come up with a plot, (laughs) which is, you know, (laughs) that plot business. (laughs) And then it takes a while. So I would say that on the whole, it usually takes two to three months for me to kind of get a solid idea and have sort of sketched out, at least in my head, what the arc of the story is and what the arc of the characters are. And then I, you know, write a synopsis of it. I I like an outline, not a very detailed one, but I'd like to know where I'm going. So I don't end up on deadline with um, not knowing what direction I'm going and just a few (laughs) days left to find it. And that's how I do it, basically. Now, do you have at least the front part of that coming up with sort of uh, the the initial idea? Do you find yourself having sort of a, a shoebox full of those ideas and you're going to sort through them? Or is it a matter of, okay, what do I want to do next type of type of thing? Well, I do have, I always have lots of ideas. Um, they tend to get kicked out of the box for not being, you know, there's just not a lot that I can think I could realistically do with it or it's been done or... And or I just tuck it away for another time. But yeah, that's, that's, I kind of hold on to them. And sometimes I, you know, get them out and look at them again. <laughs> well, you have to, I, you know, and then, yeah. and that's the way I, I always find that, you know, the, the concept as I'll call it, you know, the initial idea seems fantastic. And, and mm-hmm. like when I write, I, I, I keep those handy because sometimes it may not be relevant during the time, or like you said, you, right. you, you can't get enough, I call it meat behind it. Um, right. Later, you get this aha moment or somebody says, hey, why don't you write a book about, you know, a, a dog meets an iguana? I don't know. We'll just throw it out, <laughs> out there. Nobody says that to me. Nobody <laughs> says that to me. I've been waiting. Well, that's why that idea has been that shoebox for about 20 years now, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, you know, a lot of times I'll come up with an idea and after I research it a little more, I don't think I can really realistically pull it off just because my own knowledge is limited and I'm you know, I don't think that's a good idea. Like I've never owned a coffee shop, but I could read enough about it to portray it realistically. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm not a brain surgeon either, but I don't think I could learn enough <laughs> to, to portray a brain surgeon. <laughs> that's it. That's right. Can't play one on TV. I'm not right. a doctor. I played one on TV. There's an old reference for you. <laughs> so oh a lot God. of these ideas sound really good in theory, but once you start digging into them, you know, they may not be right for you as a writer. Yeah. And, you know, and, I, and I think as a writer in your situation, it, it may may or may not be the, the, the case. You know, you're an expert at, at romance novels and rom-coms. You do a fantastic job with that. And that's, that's a lane you follow extremely well. You know, for me as a writer, I write about, you know, more nonfiction type things. And uh, I always seem to have stuff in the waiting, or at least has some uh, sketches together, we'll say some ideas together for that time when that editor or somebody contacts me and says, hey, do you have a story about 
so-and-so, or do you happen to have this book? Uh, I remember the one of the first books that, that uh, I had uh, put together before I put together the outline, put together the synopsis, put together everything, pitched the idea. Nobody wanted it. So I got put back on the shelf, came up with something new, published that book, and then went to pitch a third one. And the editor came back and said, well, that's not really what we're looking for, but do you happen to have this other book? And I'm like, yeah. And it was like four years old by then. I pull it off the shelf and blow the dust off of it and said, yeah, I've got one of those ready to go right now. So, it, you know, it's, yeah. So, it, believe me, it doesn't happen that often, but yeah. it's it's a matter of, I, I think, as a, as a writer, it's good to have those sort of things uh, in place, handy. So, when mm-hmm. you're ready to write that particular one or somebody that, you know, comes along and says, oh, you know, I'm going to give you a little bit of money for that, you're like, yeah, I can I can do that for a little bit of money. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've, I say that a lot. You bet. <laughs> For a little bit. Involved, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Don't care how much. I'll, I'll take it. I have not seen any bad money. We'll put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're when you're talking about the the research, you said that you know you have enough uh, knowledge of coffee and coffee houses to I'll say I'll ad lib here to be dangerous. Uh, but but you know a little bit more you know uh, about the uh, uh, the rescue events and the, and the thing going on there. Do you find yourself digging into a lot more research, or do you say mm, I don't know enough about that topic and it doesn't really fit well, so I'm going to move away from that type of topic? Well, you know, occasionally that happens. Uh, I guess just the subconscious kind of steers me towards things that interest me. So you know, I may have like a cursory knowledge or but at least an interest in it, and so. That's how a lot of it's done. But I don't mind reading up on things. You know, you lucky dog, he was a neuroscientist and he did, you know, he studied lots about the brain. And I, and I read a couple of books about it just to learn how the brain functions and how the, the brain makes emotions so I could portray that. Now, I mean, I don't have like a treatise in any of these books. It's just like, you know, a couple of sentences here and there, but it's enough to make it convincing. And it just interested me. So I guess that's why I can do it. I don't, I don't really know. I've never really thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm here, Julia, to ask the yeah. tough questions. <laughs> you know, my, my degrees were in political science. And I, you know, I don't think I could do that convincingly. And maybe because I know too much. Oh, my gosh. That, yeah. yeah, that's a very loaded. No, I don't yeah. want to see uh, two different dogs from two different parties come together. That would, yeah. that would not be realistic in today's world. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> Well, tell us a little bit about then, where can the fans find uh, more about you and the book and what's going on and your events, if there's any in person or online or Zoom or whatever we do it nowadays. There's a lot of different ways. Yeah. Uh, how can people keep track of it and also pick up a copy of it? It started with a dog. Well, it started with a dog wherever books are sold. Um, it just came out officially today. And you know, I have a website and I'm on Instagram and Twitter. I am on Facebook, but it's just kind of a, just a place to put information. I don't really actually, I'm like not personally on Facebook, right? but it's Julia F. London on Twitter and Instagram, but I keep a lot, you know, make a lot of announcements and I have a newsletter uh, that you can sign up at my website. I send out once a month with all the news about upcoming books, book sales that, you know, my publishers are always publishing, uh, putting some of my older books on sale. I do interviews with other authors in my newsletter. So that's a good place to find out about me. And there's just a lot of information there. 
Good, good. Well, we'll make sure we get that information out so everybody knows. Obviously, you can get the uh, the book. It started with a dog at all your favorite bookstores. And, uh, of course, then they can follow you and all your events and uh, also uh, – uh, keep a track of all the wonderful stuff's going on and the next book, which I'm, I'm sure is already in the works. Yeah, I'm a little slow on that one, but um, yeah, there is another one in the works. <laughs> <laughs> just not, you know, we were talking about, you know, that idea and I haven't fully formed the idea yet. So I'm running a little bit behind. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> Well, it'll, it'll come to you usually about four in the morning. That's about right. the time when the good ones. <laughs> well, Julia, congratulations again on Thank the latest so novel. Yeah, it's uh, once again, it's, it started with a dog. Everybody pick up a copy of it. You're going to love it and forget about life for a while. Find uh, true romance, find out about dogs, and then find out more about coffee, which uh, those are the three, <laughs> three favorite things in the world, coffee, yeah. dogs, and love. So. <laughs> so congratulations again, Julia. We'll look Thank forward you. to chatting with you some more down the road and uh, take care. Thank you so much, Tim. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. I want to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I want to thank the uh, producers and sponsors for making this show possible. If you have any ideas, comments, questions, or authors you want to see on the show, drop us a line. Drop us a line at PetLifeRadio.com. While you're there, check out all the other wonderful uh, shows and hosts. It's a, a cornucopia of great entertainment. Uh, so till next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Put in a book, an article, or anywhere else you want it. Just get it out there. And who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>